Welcome back to what we're calling the Road to Bethel podcast that we're doing. We're doing a series that is ultimately going to end with Bethel Church in Redding, California. This is part two for anyone keeping track. Correct. This is part two. So if you have not listened to part one, please go back and do so. It's, it's got a lengthy title, but it's, it's worth it. And uh, in the end, it, it leads to Bethel, as we said. So today, uh, we spoke about in the last podcast, we were going to define the new apostolic reformation and what that even is. It's for short of the NAR, which I'm dyslexic, so I always get it mixed up and I always say it NRA, N-R-A. <laughs> yeah. but it's the new apostolic reformation, which it's is the, different than the correct, national very, um, rifle ve- association. Very, so. very different. Okay. <laughs> this is a movement known as the new apostolic reformation. Okay. This term was coined in 1994 by C. Peter Wagner, who was a theologian and um, a clear false teacher, but he was a theologian. He wrote lots of things. He, he did lots of, lots of stuff. Um, he kind of coined this term. What I want everybody to understand this as, though, think of this in what we're going to deal with a lot of terms today. Okay, so what we need to do is we need to look at this like a tree. Okay, the tree is going to be the found. The tree itself is going to be the foundational root of these teachings. Okay, now like trees do, they have branches. Okay, and just like trees, they have small branches, medium branches, and large branches. And so it is with these teachings. So a lot of these. I may say a certain teacher or we may, you know, um, I may refer to something um, that, that would have a solid biblical argument. Um, and I would, I would put that as small branches off of these things that we're going to be talking about today. And, and a lot of them, just like trees, some of these branches have fell off too, but they still bear the root. I mean, it's still this tree that they fell off of. So while they may not be involved in these teachings and they may separate themselves from it, they still have that theology and these teachings in, in their vocabulary, um, which that happens often. Um, we see sometimes it doesn't either. Uh, I know a lot of these people who have come out of places like Bethel, um, uh, specifically Bethel, they have gone really in the reform direction, which is, is, you know, fine. Um, but that's, that's normally the route that they take, um, because that tends to take all of the, um, nonsense that, that they've been going through and the babble that they've been going through and it kind of makes sense to all of them. So, um, you know, there's, there's, there's a group of this that does not hold to any part of what the root of this tree would be. But in the, in, in the end, it all goes back to the same tree. So 
whenever we talk about these terms, we want to remember that. And I say that specifically because IHOP, which is the International House of Prayer, they are located in Kansas City, Missouri. And uh, Mike Bickle is the, the, the head of this, this church here. And you've probably seen him around, like, even if you don't know the name, like, if you look it up, you've, you've probably seen his stuff come up through your YouTube feed and stuff like that. Like, he's kind of scattered everywhere. Correct. And you know what's the, the thing with Bickle is he says a lot of good things. And he is, their church specifically is historic premillennial, which still holds to a lot of some found you know some solid foundational doctrine um but it's it's skewed and where it's skewed is kind of the the problem but that's what they hold to so it's it's real sneaky with them and they are they have on their website they basically have a a breakdown explaining how no, they're not necessarily associated with the new apostolic reformation. Um, they may believe and hold to some of the doctrines, but then they also acknowledge that a lot of the doctrines in this new apostolic reformation are not biblical. Okay. And basically the, it, it basically they just run circles around acknowledging that yes this is what we hold to um but but they indeed do and and they are part of this new apostolic reformation movement which teaches in in there's again there's so much that goes into this tree but it teaches that there are modern day apostles and prophets in the church that Ultimately, this brings in two more terms into into this into this tree here. So you could call these, I guess, just two large branches in this tree, um, which are synonymous with this are replacement theology, which the idea of the doctrine or teaching that asserts that the new covenant through Christ supersedes the old covenant and so therefore the church has successfully fulfilled all of the old testament and there is no basic fulfillment or i mean there's no fulfillment for israel there is no replacement there is no fulfillment for them they they can come into uh, this new covenant of course they acknowledge that but all of the promises and the covenants that the Lord made to the nation of Israel and to his people have been realized in the church. It's, 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 that's, that's replacement theology. And then two would be kingdom now theology, which this is an idea that God has, and, and they can, again, this is a different tree in its own, but that the Lord has given dominion to humans for us to be able to bring in the kingdom of God ourselves through Christ. 
that that's what the Lord did, is he came and established his kingdom here the first time in a sense, in a spiritual sense, and therefore gave the authority to the church to have all of his enemies brought under his feet through the victorious church. Um, again, this goes off into, uh, you know, the branches of this go off into even post-millennialism that says that, you know, these things are, are, are done. The church will conquer. Things will get better through the gospel. Things will not get worse. So that's, again, that's even, that's a branch, and that's a branch of solid teachings. But that's definitely a branch from the root of this kingdom now tree, which both of these, this replacement theology and this kingdom now theology here, both of these fall in line with this larger tree of the new apostolic reformation. Because this is both of those ideas go into that and are very important in understanding what the new apostolic reformation is. Because if you understand those two things right there, you will be able to understand and, and define what is and what is not this theology. Um, and you will be able to hear it in, in what, how somebody teaches and that's why a majority of the teaching that's out there now is this realized kingdom idea that the Lord, and there is a honest biblical argument for that, which I acknowledge. However, they must acknowledge that there is lunacy, as in the NAR movement, that uses that and feeds off of that. Because that's what this idea of these new apostles and prophets and this, this is all to bring about the Lord's kingdom through the church. Now, that sounds innocent to some people, but if you really think about it, and if you really, honest, if you really just look at scripture, just read through the gospels again you'll see that Christ's kingdom is not of this world. The church is, through the epistles, you'll see that the church is definitely not victorious. So you have these, these self-labeled prophets and teachers that, that just push this idea that we have been given the power to just overcome and just this positive, this overly positive movement all that we've of this seen in declaring church. and decreeing right like we declare you know the in a prayer we hear that all the time right where everybody they have these these declarations they say and you say jesus and it'll happen right right you have you have that and then you have people throwing around this idea and this is the innocent part of it and this is how this is how you know, infected the church has become and even solid teaching has become with all of these different principles here because people throw around this idea that, um, you know, doing kingdom work, you know, the kingdom of God, um, you know, and, and, and that's an issue. <laughs> I mean, because that's certainly not 
what we are doing. I mean, obviously, this goes against many different doctrines already that are in basic teachings that are that are understood that the Lord has already chosen those that are his. Our job is to preach the message of the cross to those who are lost because uh, we certainly don't know who those are. And, and, and the Lord can certainly change uh, anybody's heart if they're if they're willing to to come to him so um you know uh, not to trail too far off so the you know again going back to this the with this idea of these apostles and prophets what this boils down to is false prophets and false apostles we have to think of all the different warnings that we are given in the letters of Scripture and Christ's words himself of these false prophets, these false teachers that will come in, you know, uh, 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen that there'll be false prophets among the people, there'll be false, pe- you know, uh, false prophets among you. Uh, 2 Peter 2, 1, these will bring in, secretly bring in destructive heresies. So this is the problem with small branches because it may not be the solid root, but these solid, you know, these, these small branches here are bringing in, secretly bringing in destructive heresy. Not all of them. As I said, some of them could be innocent branches, you know, whatever. But most of the time, these small branches are just, you know, and, and that's where I would fit this, this IHOP, this inter, uh, International House of Prayer. I would fit them in a very small branch of this, even though they, they are much more... Um, you know, I, I think they are much more obvious about it. But uh, if you read, if you would go and read their website and they would read their statement of faith and anything like that, you really, it's very, very hard to tell with them. So that's, that's secretly bringing in these destructive heresies. Um, it's, and by, by the way, I don't want to say that it's extremely difficult to tell. It's not. But I think if you didn't know better, I think if you didn't have much of a, a background in this, that you would look at that and you would say, okay, what's wrong with this? I don't understand. I don't get it. It looks like they're saying all the right things about the salvation, about the Trinity, about all these different things. So it's, it's very hard to tell. Um, but again, that this all goes back to the same root um, that this has continued and that the church is going to be um, victorious. Um, that's why I, I mentioned earlier um, post-millennial theology, which teaches that Christ will come back once all of these things um, have all of his enemies have been brought under his feet. There's a legitimate biblical teaching for that. Um, that I don't, you know, regardless if, if you can pull it out of scripture or not, that's, that doesn't mean that you're not, um, you know, I, I don't want to say twisting it cause it's not that they, it's not that they twist it. It's they, they get very direct and there's no possible difference in what they're saying, um, which, you know, I don't even, you know, I look at, I look at the text and I go, okay, I can see what you're saying there. But then my problem is, is when I weigh it with the rest of scripture and the rest of, of prophecy, I weigh the new Testament with the old Testament. You know, I don't, I don't exclude one of them. Um, and, and that's what, you know, um, post-millennialism ultimately does. And ultimately, 
post-millennialism is a dangerous teaching. Um, but many solid teachers have taught that way. R.C. Sproul, um, Jeff Durbin, you know, um, very, this is a very, very reformed way of look at, looking at things. Um, I believe that Vody Bauckham even believes in a, 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 a form of this, um, you know, uh, I think Paul Washer, I've heard Paul Washer talk about different things, so it's weird, so I don't know. But it, it, like I said, this is a very, very kind of reformed um, way of, of teaching and thinking, which they can disguise it with sin and repentance because they teach all these good things. But then we realize that at the end of the day, they're teaching a victorious church here on earth that's going to bring about the coming, the second coming of Christ. And this goes, this all goes back to the same thing. So that's where, um, you know, post-millennialism, even though it, although it, it does have a legitimate argument in scripture that they present, um, you know, e even though that is true, it's also true that it's a dangerously false teaching. And it's also true that it's exactly, it's similar to this, new apostolic reformation movement um, and what they're trying to do because what they're doing is they are taking the charismatic form of this which is the pentecostal right the the uh, you know the 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 prophecy uh the the speaking in tongues you know the spirit the anointing all of these different things um they're taking that and adding that to this and, I mean, they're just, I mean, you'll see them go into places, just speak in tongues at people and yell. I mean, it's just, it's crazy what they do. It's literally like a traveling circus, right? It like is you see in many it, ways. It's, it's, they're putting on a show everywhere they go. In its extreme form, it's, it's, it is like a circus. Um, matter of fact, there have literally been circuses. Literally. Of course there has. Like, of course. Why not? You can you can look this up on YouTube. It's insane. Circus Church. Just look at it. And it's this it's one of these mega churches who literally has a circus. The the acrobat the whole thing. I wanna say that Justin Peters um presented that one. Was that the same church that had the uh roller coaster on the church stage? Or is that a different one? Yes, I think it was the same. Okay. Well, it was either the same series of video. Maybe. Um, or it wasn't the same church, but I'm not sure. But it was that. So anybody that wants to dig deeper into this and, and also the, this new apostolic reformation movement and reminding you that nobody likes to admit that that's what it is because they all understand this now as a derogatory term. Let's let's say it for what it is. They've all caught on and oh, oh crud in order to cover our butts. We have to come up with this good defense. Yeah. And all of these guys are going to defend how they are absolutely not in AR. Of, of course, course. Absolutely. They are not. But how it's it's what they are saying and what they are teaching. And like I said, it's very, very sneaky. And it's that, like a used car salesman. Right. A used car salesman isn't going to tell you, you know what I mean? And like that you're talking about a 10-year-old car that's gone through the ringer and, you know, is whatever. And that was one of my major beefs with Calvary Chapels is that they're moving more towards this almost kingdom now theology that and, and, and more towards this, this way, which I guess maybe they always have been. But I, I just feel like I've, see, I've seen it myself get more extreme. 
and I've seen these these terms and and these being thrown around that you know doing work for God's kingdom and and bringing about you know these different you know pause and I'm like whoa 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 what you the the Calvary Chapel that I know is largely premillennial and believes in a rapture believes in a tribulation period like all of this you know what what's the deal here that you're you're saying this because that's the whole point of the tribulation period is that you know the tribulation period comes about to the second coming of Christ inaugurating the kingdom the millennial kingdom the thousand year kingdom the revelation 20 kingdom which I know people are just oh he said that yeah, I know see and that's what postmillennialism and realized eschatology is 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 honestly um you know, unfortunately, part of this, um, you know, as I said, though, even though that there still is that 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 legitimate biblical argument that definitely separates itself from people as uh, Mike Bickle at IHOP. Um, the the worst of this, though, and like I said, I, IHOP is the sneakiest. But the worst of this is, and 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 the most outright is Bethel Bethel Church in Reading that where this whole thing is about. Um, this and will ultimately lead to our interview with our, our family that we have there in Reading um, who have come out of that church and come out of growing up. So like many of these um, bigger YouTubers and theologians and stuff who have done cultish, these different things, who have done that, um, we have one too and from somebody right straight from the source. So it's it's really a blessing. It's awesome. And it's... And it's um, you know, it's really a blessing for me to be able to do um, these teachings and then ultimately end up with this interview just to show um, how deep this goes, how bad this is. But this this Bill Johnson is is the worst uh, with all of this because they are all about the prophecy. They are all about I mean, they are kingdom unapologetic kingdom builders they they will not apologize they believe that they can raise people from the dead i mean they believe in this grave soaking where they they go to um you know different graves of past uh, people in this movement past apostles in this movement quote unquote apostles and go and soak up their their anointing and that's another you know that's a trigger word that oh, we'll hear bless. is we'll hear anointing uh, the kingdom, these different things. These are all these are all key words that that lead to this new apostolic reformation idea. And they are, as I said, Bethel is the absolute worst with it. Um, but IHOP is just very very sneaky with it. Although there was a, a one of their quote unquote prophecies um that that is the three rivers prophecy which all of these will conjoin into one this is the toronto river the um the 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 river in missouri um in kansas city and then redding in bethel and that these all will merge into this new apostolic refer like art, I guess the new heaven. I, I don't know what their, you know, ultimate goal of that, that what exactly they think they're pulling was, together over there. Right. Was, but they all three are part of this and that, that the church in Toronto and this Toronto blessing is largely and this, that the Toronto blessing was, um, let me look, I'm looking up what year, 
the Toronto blessing was right now because I, I don't remember offhand. Entertain the people, Heidi. Uh, <laughs> my mic was off. <laughs> well, that's not... That's well, not I think it's just so crazy because I feel like sometimes, you know, when we talk about these things, I think most believers, even if you're more Okay, of it a, was. Yeah, 94. 94 was the Toronto West. Okay, well, hold on. You made me entertain the people, and I thought of something. But Go ahead. You, we think about these things, and, like, you saying this stuff, right, with this blessing, these rivers, and this stuff, and you're like, what? This is crazy. Like, this can't be real. Like, them soaking up the anointing from the graves of death. Like, you look at these things, and I think even, you know, many, even newer Christians can listen to that and be like, that's crazy. Like, that's really weird, right? But that's why, you know, you talked about it more in the first one, but the fact that you are singing songs from these people in church on Sunday, you're listening to them on the radio oh, and yeah. in different things. Like, you look at this and it's like, you guys, this is why, th this is one of the very many reason why that this is important. Knowing this stuff is important. Being able to detect and, and notice this stuff in, you know, things out there, why this is all just so very important because this is what's behind the music you're supporting. You know, your church, when they use music from Bethel, Hillsong, Elevation, all of these big name Jesus culture, right? all these big name places that come from these just, just heretics. Thinking, I was just going to say. But when you do that, like you're paying them royalties, like you are supporting their, not only are you listening to garbage music, but you are supporting them and what they do in all of this crazy nonsense that is completely anti the truth of Christ. Like you're supporting that. That's a big deal. So the Toronto blessing was a term coined by British newspapers that refers to a Christian revival an associated phenomena that began in January 1994 at the Toronto Airport Vineyard Church, which was renamed in 1996 to Toronto Airport Christian Fellowship, and then later to 2010 renamed to the Catch the Fire Toronto. Isn't uh, it, weird that you've changed your name so many times yeah. as a church? It weird. is categorized as a neo-charismatic evangelical church and is located in Toronto, Canada. Okay, that was... Um, so, yeah, it was 1994. Um, that they did. And this, this idea of these three um, churches together uh, is, is forming this, um, yeah, this three rivers thing goes back to 2011 um, that it, it started from a prophetess, of course, um, in, uh, I believe it was Bethel at first. I could be wrong. No, no, you know what? It was IHOP because their prophet, she prophesied, quote unquote, prophesied at IHOP about these three rivers coming together. And the three rivers were the, the Toronto, Bethel, and uh, to, to bring about this new reformation and this new movement, this new, um, you know, kingdom, um, victorious movement. And I mean, all of that is tied to this. And then you know, we understand that, you know, G like you said, you mentioned Jesus culture. They are everywhere. Literally everywhere. Okay, they came out of Bethel. And they're literally known as Christian revivalism. That's what their music is known for. But this is... Some of their music, some of their songs um, come from there. 
that you're singing in your church, a lot of our modern churches today have adopted this music and have brought it in. So a lot of that stuff that you're singing on Sunday, a lot of that comes from these guys. And they're all part of this. And it's just, I, I mean, it, it, of course, we've defined it for you. But telling you this is absolute heresy. This is a false teaching that is absolutely dangerous. And again, if, if, if you have, you have doubts, I mean, this is literally what Paul is speaking about, not only in Corinthians, not only in, in, in Thessalonians, not only in Timothy, not only, I mean, he, in every single letter he writes, every single New Testament letter, or I, I'm sorry, every single New Testament book, except for, I believe it's Philemon, and I could be wrong, but because obviously Philemon's a personal letter, does not warn about false teachings. Every, in, including all of the Gospels. And these false apostles, apostles and prophets that will come with dreams, puffed up visions, all of this nonsense, this is exactly what they are warning Christians about. And Christians eat it up like candy. Because it sounds good. It looks good. There's a re and P in, in Americans specifically buy it up. Our culture of consumerism and, and materialism and, and, and all of these things that we have, we eat it up. Why? Because these people look good. They sound good. Their ministries are huge. They have the big buildings. They have the money. They, they have the well-spoken pastors they uh, quote unquote pastors they they have all of the all of the bling so christians like a bunch of fools go ooh lights and they go straight to a dead uh, well it's not a dead end it's straight off a cliff <clears throat> and one of the largest arguments that that i have with people on a consistent basis is well, yeah, but but this is solid theologically, so let's just, I just use that, okay? And I always say to them, okay, that's fine. Where do you see that in Scripture? Where do you see that you are supposed to have anything to do with any kind of false teachings? Paul says if somebody comes to you preaching a different Christ, a dis different gospel, let them be accursed. Do you understand what that means? We don't need to have English class here, and, and let me explain to you what that means. It's not, it's not difficult for you to understand that. Accursed is not good. It's bad. So, I mean, there's, there's no biblical basis for you defending these things. These things are not okay, and as I said in the first podcast, we as teachers and shepherds have to be discerning of these things, regardless of what the people want. This is something that I struggle with in my own personal ministry because people want all the lights and bling. They want all of the good things, the songs. They want to sing. They want to go to church for a community. They want all that. They want everything but 
literally what church is supposed to be. Be in and a lot of it is because of this. Is because this is more appealing. This is the way that we've been taught to go, but this is dangerous. It leads to not only just shallow Christianity, this just nothingness, this this you know, these the wheat and the tares, the mustard seed kingdom like this is it, 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 it there's no roots it's shallow completely shallow and it leads you nowhere but it sounds and looks great and grows quickly and that's that's one thing that we have out there we have this idea of just easy believism though or the sinner's prayer that you just say this prayer and you'll be good you know, and, 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 you know, you can live whatever type of worldly lifestyle, whatever type of materialistic lifestyle you want, and you'll be fine. Because Jesus and, you know, we're spreading the gospel with love and we don't want to turn people off or turn people away. Yeah, we would never want to tell them the truth. Think about that. Think of like, think of it like saying that. Yeah, we would never want to tell somebody the truth. That'd be horrible. You know, we, we have this idea, and I, I mean, I've always, I think just in my personality, I've always been a brutally honest person. Uh, one of the, th I mean, Heidi, you personally know this. You can come be like, hey, do you like this top? And like, no. <laughs> I don't like what you do that. I'm not, not yeah. that I'm like mean. No, it's one of those. I'm, I'm not a mean spirit. Anybody that knows me knows that I'm not mean. But I but think I'm that's the thing lie. that, but. You have always been a person who isn't going to Not just, to say I have not lied before and I no, do no, no, not. No, 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 but you've never been a person to not be honest. And I, I mean, we've been together for what, 20 some odd years now. And so it used to be something where I'm like, gosh, you're so mean. And you're like, I'm just being honest. Like, you I'm asked not, me I'm not a question. I'm mean, sorry you answered. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not going to like, do you want me just to, sh and you've asked me that. You're like, do you want me to sugarcoat it and not tell you my honest truth? Like, why wouldn't I give you my honest answer? But that's something that a lot of people do have a hard time with because it's blunt, right? So even you, when you have church members that they come and they go, hey, you know, I'm struggling with this. And it's probably because I'm not walking as a Christian either. But And you're like, yeah, you're not. Yeah, I'm not trying that, to be that's mean. The answer. I'm not trying to be mean, but that's be... just the honest answer. Do you and want me to lie to you and make you feel good? Or do you want me to tell you the truth? Exactly. Right? I mean, you just, you know, we come like adults, honestly. You know, we have to act like adults when we come to this, not like children, right? We have to take this and understand if you hear something and you're looking at it, God is your ultimate, the Lord is your ultimate boss. All I can do is point you to what he's already said and what he's already done. And so when you see that, and if you get upset at my answer, you're getting mad at the situation. Maybe I didn't present it in the way that you would have liked me to. Uh, maybe I should have been nicer. You'll say all of these different things, but um, I, you know, that's not the way that I operate. So you want me again, you want me to lie for you. You want me to sugarcoat things for you. I can't, I, it's not that I mean, it's not that I'm not, I mean, I'm very, um, you know, I like, I, I mean, I don't want to sit here and talk about myself, but I mean, I'm not, that's just not how my, my personality is. And that's never okay to act like that, but I'm still going to give you the truth. I don't want to lie to anybody and that's what's really difficult with this again that's not to say that i have not lied i do not lie I, you know I'm, it's, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be richard nixon i'm not a crook over here it's not that's not the case like it's you know um 
the devil is a liar and 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 you know he tempts every single one of us so that's that's not what i'm saying but um you know that's it. just being blunt that's what it is and no these things are not okay and um you know if you're involved in them you have to understand that this is where it all leads back to okay and it's not it it's it's not biblical because that's not what jesus said and one of the things that people don't understand is is there's a legitimate I've said a lot of terms, and I don't like terms, but we have to. Terms are what gives us guidance and direction into, into teachings, into doctrines. That's what Paul, um, you know, rightly dividing the word of truth. And then we have warnings that um, people will take and twist the scriptures to fit their own agenda. Okay, but so we have to have these processes of how we understand scripture and what truth is. This isn't coming from our own self. This is coming from the Lord and what has been handed down to us, much like the oral tradition in the Old Testament. There's a lot of oral tradition here in Christianity that has been passed down from the apostles themselves. Not only do we have the written word of God, but we have the, the understanding of what was written in the New Testament from the apostles themselves and from even later um, you know, uh, eyewitnesses um, afterwards, even after the death of the last apostle, there was still not too long after the death of the first or of the last apostle which was john was the first defense of heresies of the christian faith already this it wasn't even a hundred years later that a full defense by Irenaeus had come out against heresies where we're going to outline what christian what what these false teachings have already come in and what they've already done And so bringing, so bringing this back around, the fact that this has been so ingrained everywhere in the church needs to be something that we take a look at and listen to not only how we're speaking when we say certain things, because it's not that we purposely do it, but we need to think about these things. So when we throw around the word anointing and kingdom and all these different things, we're, we're totally ignoring the fact that there's processes with how we get to these solid teachings. So like I said, with, with having that information already so early we already have an understanding of how to how to understand what paul was saying with what he wrote what john was saying with what he wrote with what peter said you know we already have a general understanding of okay we're talking about a literal kingdom here we're talking about a literal millennium we're talking about um you know these false teachers that will come in that will that will make us believe that that we have to go back to um, the teachings of the law they'll say that you have to do all of these certain things they will say that the kingdom is already here with i mean shoot we already see that 
in Paul's day. This already happened with the, the Thessalonian believers. We already see that. Um, he also mentions it to Timothy as well, that these are, are getting, you know, disturbing the faith. Um, but we have this legitimate understanding of these things already. And there's a legitimate teaching of or an understanding of what we call just kingdom theology, which is the study, simply the study of God's kingdom in scripture. And surprise, surprise, God's kingdom is not just a singular term. It's used in multiple ways. Okay, so that's where we have this, this understanding and study of it. We study of the kingdom, and that's why we call it kingdom theology. This, this is basically just a, a coined term for studying of the kingdom. Okay, so kingdom now theology is a branch off of this, which kingdom now theology is a heresy. If you look at the study of kingdom theology itself, you understand that this is this is not something that Christians can do. It's not something that I can do that I can bring in. We are we are, have many different conflicting problems with that. Um, and and again, this is where it gets kind of scary because there's solid arguments against that. And that's where we find a lot in the Reformed circles, a lot of teachings like that. So I usually leave it to the individual believer, whether or not they want to continue with these things. Um, I, it, to me, it's not okay. It's, it's, it's hard for me to continue to listen to um, teachers that are, are very good, but also teach this. This is why I can't, um, I, I do, but not largely on this topic. I can't listen to Jeff Durbin. Um, I can't listen to R.C. Sproul on this. I, I mean, this is just, this is, again, this has nothing to do with the NAR. This is the, the, the kingdom theology, this kingdom now theology idea which it's a term that they don't like as well, um, you know, and, the, and they, would, they would say that, you know, the kingdom is defined differently. But that's, that's, again, that's this false teaching that came, this goes all the way back. We have to go all the way back till probably around, I mean, it, it existed in Alexandria, Egypt before anything, but, um, we probably have to go back to around 300 and so BC before this, um, or AD, I'm sorry, uh, and this idea took off that um, we are currently in the kingdom with this Augustine um, millennialism, and, and it branched off to be, you know, there's similarities between post-millennialism and amillennialism. If you don't know what any of these terms are, please just... Um, Google them, read up on them, study them for yourselves. And I mean, it's, it's really um, um, things that you have to understand. And remember, though, and that's why I said at the beginning, remember, everybody's going to deny everything else. Just like, uh, just like what people would say about me. I teach dispensational premillennialism. 
That's like me saying, oh, no, 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 I don't believe in a rapture. Yeah, you teach dispensational. That's exactly what that is. So it'd be like me backing away from these things. Like, yes, no, I teach a rapture. I teach an absolute, um, you know, place for Israel and uh, a separation between Israel and the church that we are grafted into the same tree, but we are absolutely separate. And the covenant, the covenant promises to Israel are still going to be fulfilled to the nation of Israel. The kingdom uh, it was not inaugurated during Jesus' first coming. The inauguration of the kingdom will be during his second coming and the bringing about of his millennial kingdom. So that's a huge difference. And, and as I said, I, I, I leave it to these people to dis, you know, study your own terms, but, but you know, search out Scripture. Don't believe what any, any one particular idea is, is throwing out there, but study and pray and, uh, you know, where Scripture leads you will always lead you to an understanding that, um, you know, there is still a, a place for Israel and the kingdom is definitely not here and now. You have to do a lot of twisting in order to make that happen, regardless of, again, you know, better, well, more well-spoken, uh, bigger, larger ministries uh, than ours is, is going to shake their heads and jest at that, especially these days, um, because of, of how popular this has gotten. But, um, you know, this is where it's even seeped into the solid world. So we have to be aware of these things. But on the back end, on the extreme views of this, not even close to a biblical solid argument anywhere in their teaching, the new apostolic reformation is dangerous. This is a little bit about what um, they are and the, team, the, the things that are kind of synonymous with them. Um, but, uh, I, I think we just, I think we can just understand it easily as just this idea of being victorious and almost this prosperity gospel type, uh, idea here. So it's something that we need to be careful of, but that should, that should help identify, uh, at least to some people what it actually is. Uh, I think the next podcast we will, um, set up a little bit more about, uh, what Bethel is and their specific teachings, and then we will have our interview. Because it really just, you have to have all of the info to understand the depth of the things that are going to be said. Right. right. Yep. I agree. All right, guys. Part right. three coming. Part three coming soon. soon. <laughs>